Welcome into episode 68 of the Pegasus Podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by my good friend Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22 at by CA Simmons and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. Christian, how are you, my friend? Why have you called me your friend twice in the first 10 seconds of this? Because we're friends. Okay. That's not usually part of the intro. Yeah, it actually well, it is, it is every once in a while. It. Is, is it? Okay. Yeah, well. I've, I've said good friend before, and you've questioned me about it every time. So I don't know. I just feel like maybe people that listen to us think we're just like podcast partners and not actually friends, even yeah. though we talk about being friends like all the time. But friends are a really strong word. I mean, let's not. We were supposed to stop not. being friends years ago. We've so. talked about that on the podcast before. Yeah. I said when we left college, we weren't going to be allowed to be friends anymore. I wasn't going to say anything this time. It was the second one that threw me off because you're like with my friend Christian. I'm like, oh, okay, that's nice. Then you're like, so I'm here with my friend, Christian. I'm like, all right, we have to we have to dive into this now. I just want everybody to really know that I have friends. Yeah, your friend Christian, who's abandoning you from the spring game to go sit in the press box. I'm really living up to that, uh, living up to that title this week. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah, you were like, oh yeah, I better uh, better request a credential, and I was like, oh well, guess we're not going to the game together. And <laughs> good news, I got approved. So. Yeah, good news for you. Yeah, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna sit in the stadium club and just chill. You want to know something crazy? What? I have never, ever covered a spring game. Really? Yeah. This is going to be my first. I've been covering 2022 is going to be my seventh season covering UCF, but it's going to include my first ever spring game cover coverage. Interesting. So I know. I'm, I'm wondering how me. that's going to go for you. I feel I, like what do past, you mean? No, I feel like in the past, I feel like they're just like, I, I guess it depends on the year maybe, but it just seems like they're not always the most reliable with stats. And it's not just UCF. It's just like a general thing where it's like, someone will ask, i remember like in the past i remember if it was ucf or another school where they were like oh how'd so-and-so do they're like well they don't we don't really have official stats but by my count here's this yeah it, like, spring games are iffy so last year ucf yeah. did provide stats i say as, okay. i wasn't in the press box but i know people who were because we were just talking about this before we got on so last because we were trying to remember how they do the spring game format and i think i could be wrong because i don't know i was just in the crowd last year they did one team was the first team offense and second team defense and the other team was the first team defense and second team offense but they were like subbing guys around because i remember like because at the time i asked jason Beatty for mikey keen stats so because even back then we were a mikey keen propaganda propaganda podcast and he sent them to me and was like here they are here's the box score check under both teams because he was playing for he was quarterback for both teams and i'm like oh okay his stats are really good so yeah it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see how it goes i'm I think I can't remember the last time I went to a spring game. I mean, I assume it must have been 20. I think we graduated in 2019, right? So maybe I went to the spring game in 2019, but I feel like I didn't. Maybe it was 2018. It might have been 2018, honestly. The thing about the spring games at UCF, like there are some schools where spring games are like a cool thing and UCF's refusal to have them at any time except noon on a Saturday has made that basically (laughs) impossible. So there's not a thing here. I remember Frost's the first game after 0-12 when Frost took over was their best crowd ever. I think they had 24,000 people at the spring game. And you know why? Cause it was at 6 PM. Like, I don't know why they're, I, I, I don't know if it's a thing where they don't want to make the spring game a big thing. Like if they don't want to have to deal with an actual game day crowd, but I don't know. That is kind of weird. It's, it seems like what's like the, what's the easiest way to get the fewest people possible to out to the game and make it at 12 o'clock, especially with the way, like there's been some nice weather spells here lately, but not next Saturday, not on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday <laughs> looks like it's going to be a hot one. So I don't know. I'm hoping, I don't know. I've, I, I don't even really know where I'm allowed to sit. I know it's at the stadium club and me like normally sitting in the student section or just above the student section is like, I kind of know where that is, but I don't know where I'm actually allowed to sit. So hopefully I'm able to like, get a little bit of shade. I don't know. Is the stadium club in the tower or is that the tower club? I, I think that's the, the tower club. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're asking the wrong person. Huh, I think it's like I think it's the seats like under the tower, which like means I feel like I should get some shade, but I also don't know. And plus, I can wave down to you. Yeah, I'll just be looking up and like, like, oh hey, how's it going? You're not gonna I, see me. You guys, I'm a I'm a total professional, and I am like I'm legitimately professional, but I wave to people from the press box every single game I've ever covered, like all the time. I feel like do people that can people actually see you? Yeah, because I'll stand up. <laughs> Okay, well so yeah. i so generally my parents sit directly underneath the press box okay. so every game when i stand up for the national anthem everyone's like being very solemn and i'm like waving down to them because they can see me when i stand up and then whenever i have someone like like the, i forget what there was a game that uh sarah was at last year and she was like are you covering this game and i was like yeah and i was like i was like here hold on and i stood up and, she, and i could see her waving and i'm like because you know i'm the one that stood up in the press box so yeah maybe my eyesight's just really bad but i feel like whenever i've looked up in the press box i just see like people 
Well, yeah, I mean, blurry faces, <laughs> just like blurry faces. Like I can't tell who anyone is. Yeah, but if you're but seeing twenty, also not if you see good. twenty sitting blurry faces and one is standing, <laughs> I guess that's fair. And if right, one we'll, of, we'll test this out on Saturday. We'll I'll see. try to wave to you. It should be okay. easier because there will be eight fans there, so it'll be pretty easy to pick you out. <laughs> see, that's the thing. I, so I fell asleep early last night. Not that anyone really needs to know that, but this is kind of just an explanation as to why I didn't reply to your text. You sent me USF spring games like crowd. I was annoyed I, you didn't reply. I sent that at eleven oh nine and got no. Replies. Yeah, I was. I was actually asleep. Um, and then you were like, are they bragging about this? And I get like the one thing, like, I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird to be bragging about like, it was like 5,000 people or something like that. Like, yeah. Oh, so USF posted a tweet and they were like seemingly happy with the fact that they got 5,600 people to their spring game. So I read like, when I looked at it this morning, I was like, well, like US UCF will most likely get more than that. But like, I, I think it's the fact that they tweeted about it. Is that, 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 is that the thing? Cause like, I feel like. UCF probably just shouldn't tweet this the spring game attendance. No, what I was pointing out was that like five that listen, you're USF, you don't have a fan base and you play a half hour from your campus. The fact that you got a single fan there who is not a relative of a player oh. is an accomplishment. Where but, do they play the spring game? Do they play it at the or they, they play it? They didn't play it. Where do they play the spring game? Did they not play it at Raymond James? I just assume they did. Where else well, they, they, did, they did last year, but I know they've had their spring game before at their soccer stadium. Have they really? And, yeah, they have. They're such a joke. And I don't people, know. I remember people have talked about how like, oh, like it's a more empty mass. Like if they had a stadium on campus, it would be so much better. Well, let me go look because now I'm curious because if they got it, it. Well, actually, I don't know. Is that worse or better if it was a smaller atmosphere? Because you would mean that was more seats, but it also means that they were literally on campus and still only got 5,000 people to show up. I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's good Let's for see. it's better for some reasons and worse for other reasons. Our I'm spring game preview is off to a great start. Yeah, we're more previewing or we're more wrapping up USFs than previewing our own. <laughs> uh, the spring game. Uh, okay. Where? Is, yeah, Raymond James. They played at Raymond James. Oh, okay, did they? Wow. So, yeah, that's, I don't, I feel like that's worse. I just, like I said, well, I A, if they're announcing 5,600 at Raymond James, it means it was 56, if we're being totally honest. But it was just not like announcing it at all. Like, I'm sure UCF will announce one in the press box, whatever the attendance is. But like, if UCF put up a tweet and they were like, 9,200 people sunglass emoji like what are you doing like it's like it's just like oh, it's man, not i really hope they don't I they're just, not I don't going think to they will. I don't they're think not they going will, to because ucf really social media don't. isn't bad so yeah yeah hopefully not but anyway Unless, let's you know is it oh no no i was gonna say this is terry mahadra's first spring game but then i remembered how time works <laughs> you know when you said earlier you were like Oh yeah, even back at last year's spring game, we were uh, a Mikey Mikey Keen propaganda podcast. I was like, did we have a podcast last spring game? And I was like, yeah, oh we yeah, did, we man. definitely did. We yeah. had, yeah, we did it. I think we had our first ever guest after that because then we have BD on to talk about it afterwards. Was that our first? No, we had Sarah on. Yeah, we had our first yeah. guest that people who listened heard of after the spring game, and that was BD. <laughs> wow. What? <laughs> Poor Sarah. Everybody. No, knows Sarah. I love Sarah. That was about? a fun podcast. But I just, you know, I'd be like, you know, more any Packers fans, fans that are listening are like, I know who Sarah Keller is. <laughs> they definitely do um all right yeah so let's just jump into our, our ucf spring game preview i don't know how this is going to go i actually we're, we were talking about it like earlier today and i was like literally the, the outline of this podcast just says preview the offense preview the defense and i was like we probably need a little bit more than that so i did kind of take some notes and i'm just curious about things like that i'm curious to watch but we really don't have a structure for this so to i be think fair it, this thing, is like previewing a practice like it's like yeah. i don't know it's like stuff's gonna happen and then we'll talk about it I don't the know. big thing i guess obviously is everyone's gonna be paying attention to the quarterback battle so i guess we could start there oh i didn't even think of that that's a good one <sighs> i don't like you we're not friends anymore <laughs> um <laughs> that lasted what did that last like 10 minutes damn solid 10 minute friendship <laughs> But yeah, the quarterback battle is obviously the, like pretty much the only thing anyone's talking about this offseason. I'm really actually I'm actually tired of it at this point. But it's funny that I'm tired of it because this is like the actual like not that we can take anything from it, but it's like we're actually going to get to see them for ourselves other than just like the little. That's the that thing is we'll actually for better or worse, and it's not going to mean anything, honestly. Well, it might, but like we're going to actually get to see them with our own eyes and evaluate them with our own eyes. And that's cool. But it's just it says a lot that we've gotten to this point, like where I'm actually about to see them. And I'm like, just I'm like, I, I'm more interested. I just want to watch other things. I don't want to talk about the quarterbacks anymore. So we had mentioned way back, like at the beginning of spring, I don't know if we ever said on the podcast, but when we were playing, so Bailey and I have this whole like master list of what all of our podcasts are going to be for like off season, just because it's really difficult to plan topics when nothing's going on. And I think we budgeted another quarterback podcast for like the middle of the summer. And I kind of don't want to do that. Did we like really? I'm, I think we did. And I'm really sick of talking about the quarterbacks. I don't see one on here, but let's just not do one. Okay. Let's not. We, we made it up put on this. We definitely discussed at one point doing another one in the middle of the summer. And I'm just like, 
now that yeah, no we've worries. done two of them and i'm like i don't want to do it like what else is there to say john rice plumley can't throw and mikey can't run there you go that like that's it we'll talk we'll talk about it on so this is actually a, a plug here we will have a like basically immediate reactions podcast we're going to record in person on saturday after the spring game and then we'll have another one uh talking about wrapping up just the last little bit of the spring game next week and then we won't talk about the quarterbacks for a while hopefully i'm done talking yeah. about them until fall like we're gonna talk like about now them or you summer. mean like we're gonna talk about them once, on the, uh, after the spring yeah, game we're gonna okay. discuss the quarterbacks <laughs> and then i'm not gonna mention any of them not even their names until like august so with all that with all that being said let's talk about the quarterback <laughs> <laughs> it's a great just like, i don't want to talk about the quarterbacks let's get into it all right let's start from it's the really, bottom parker navarro where are you expecting to see from him in the spring game him to be live and him to get hit <laughs> <laughs> probably that's probably a fair bet I mean, it's, it'll be interesting because, I mean, again, this is just showing that I haven't been to the last, I don't know how many spring games. And it's just like, they don't, do they go live? And because they said they had, Gus had mentioned earlier in the offseason or in the earlier in spring camp, he was like, oh, they like the other two, JRP and Mikey might go live at some point in the spring. Would they go live for the spring game? So I could be wrong. I would just rather than not. Someone probably, should but, correct me. But if I remember correctly, I think last year Dylan was not live and everyone else was. Okay. Ooh, but I could be misremembering that. I almost am certain that Quadri wasn't because I, I seem to remember him getting sacked at one point. Okay. But I'm not sure. It'll be interesting because I think there's no they, way Mikey and JRP are live. Tommy will see. There's no way they're yeah. going to be live. If they, but that's the thing is I think them not being live is more, make, makes it harder on JRP because a lot of the stuff that he would do, I think that would make people turn like that'll turn people's heads it would be like if he was live and he's able because like if, if he breaks free for a run like and no one can touch him then like what's what are we really getting out of that no i said this weeks ago like I, I i fully expect mikey to come out of this as the most um what do you call it the most good the most impressive quarterback the most good looking quarterback. <laughs> the most good looking quarterback well he's gonna come in and i don't know jrp is a good looking <laughs> guy jrp is a good looking guy that's a tough what one. are we doing yeah i'm just i mean i'm you know i'm just saying i mean but um <laughs> Where was I going with this? Oh, right. Um, like, because Mikey, Mikey's skill is throwing the ball. And so just naturally from a spring game, he's probably going to end up looking the best because he's a better passer than JRP or Tommy. And those guys, unless Tommy's live. Tom, honestly, oh man, I just realized what's going to happen. Tommy's going to be live because he's not in the race. So he's going to look the best and everyone's going to freak out and be oh, like, gosh. oh my God, it's got to be Tommy. You can see that happening, can't you? Yeah. Oh man. We'll talk more. It's funny because like, we don't have a lot to really preview on the quarterbacks anymore than we talked about in past podcasts and you know we'll talk about them coming out of the spring game but once we get we have actually because of you we're bringing oh. back our our game predictions yes. for the ucf spring game so we'll talk a little bit more about the quarterbacks when we, get we should just in case any of you are newer listeners who weren't with us in the fall bailey and i would each give you three predictions for each game in the season and they bailey in particular hated doing this because bailey's predictions were very bad and never came true Hey, they were actually good predictions. They just never came through. <laughs> but it was funny because like you would just, you would always screw yourself by making the most like oddly specific predictions. Like you'd be like, I because think UCF will have an... fun for me. You'd be like, <laughs> I think UCF will have here. an interception. And I'm like, oh, okay, I buy that. And you're like, in the third quarter. And I'm like, okay. And you're like, and it's exclusively Brandon Adams. And I'm like, all right. And you're like, and it'll be a big six. <laughs> I'm trying to have fun here. I'm not, I don't care about getting these predictions right. I'm trying to be. I don't know. I'm trying to be interesting. Well, you're not trying to get them right. Has shown. I, if one of yeah. yours isn't a Brandon Adams interception, I'm going to be like really annoyed for the record. Okay. Well, I mean, spoiler alert, but like, we'll get to it later. Um, so <laughs> more on the offense. Do you want to have anything else to say about the quarterbacks? Right. Can I ask a question about the offense? Sure. Um, is Bowser going to play? Do you think? Because Gus that's, has been okay, talking all a... off season about how he and O'Keefe are kind of not like practicing that much just because they're valuable. I'm glad you asked that question because I had that as a question I wrote down as like, which running backs will get the most work? Because he did say basically Isaiah Bowser is going to be limited in terms of just like, they want to keep him healthy. And you know, why put extra hits on his body in the spring game when they know what they have in him? Hasn't Johnny Richardson been a little bit more limited lately too? Or am I making that up? I feel like it seems like, like, like they've been like doing this injury, spring. but just, I don't know. I kind of wonder if like just the injuries from this past year scared them. Cause it seems like every time a player starts doing well, they kind of just take them out. <laughs> like they're just like, yeah. all right, you've proven your worth. You can stop now. <laughs> Which is why I feel like Bowser and Johnny Richardson, I feel like they'll, I don't even know if Bowser will play honestly, but Johnny Richardson, at least I think he'll play, 
I just can see guys further down the depth chart getting more work. Like I think MAR gets more work. I think you see just some of, some of the guys you see. And then the other, the other part of it too is RJ Harvey's not going to play. Right. I mean, he's been limited no. all spring because of last year's injury. Um, the ha- so yeah, at just, halftime, the limited players should all be able to play. At halftime, like put just like, R- little, like a flag, put a flag. Yeah, like put together. RJ out there against like Terrence Lewis and like give them little flag belts and let them like play. Again. I don't hate that idea. I would watch it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah, you'd be there. So, um, um, I, so I'm, I'll be honest. I don't expect Bowser to play. I could be way off on that. I just don't buy it because I don't see a reason for him to play. And if he does play, I feel like he is going to start and get like maybe two reps and then we'll just, you know, yeah. cycle through the rest of us. Cause I think people got to remember about spring games is they're pretty short. Usually. I mean, they last like two hours. They're not like full fledged games. Yeah. And so I imagine we'll see more of MAR, more of um, maybe Trillian Coles, Jordan McDonald, which will be interesting. Like that's the thing is like UCF's running back room is so deep. It's not like they're just throwing these no name guys out there. No, I, every name you said, except Trillian Coles, I'm really interested in seeing. Hey, come on. Well, I, wow. That sounded way meaner than I thought. <laughs> I wasn't dissing Trillian Coles. That was just my honest thought. Um, I'm sorry, Trillian. That sounded really – I take that back. I'm excited to see all the running backs. Equally excited for each one. I'm sorry. I just – all of them are, like, either, like, future guys or upside guys, and there's just also Trillian Coles. He's the Quadri Jones of the running backs. Like, he's just always always there. Let's move on. (laughs) Let's move on. Prove me wrong, I mean (laughs) – The wide receiver position is another one that'll be interesting to me. I mean, we're kind of just going position by position here, but obviously Ryan O'Keefe, who is getting the veteran treatment apparently, and Jalen Robinson, is he getting the veteran veteran treatment? Because if he's not, that's like... I don't think he is. He's kind of still still kind of battling back from his injury, isn't he? I thought I read... I'm really... I got... Like, is he? Like, what we... Do we ever even know what his injury was? I don't know, but what... Did I... Did... BD write something recently or did someone write something recently about Jalen Robinson? Because I thought I read something about him saying basically like it's a day by day thing where he's like, some days he feels better than others. I didn't dream this. Did I? No, this sounds familiar. I think it was a while ago, but it sounds familiar. Jalen, Jalen did a, uh, no, Jalen did. Okay. It's all screaming, coming, screaming back into my brain. Jalen did an access, which is really unusual because Jalen doesn't usually do accesses. (laughs) And um, I don't know why Bailey thought that was worthy of a laugh, but it's true. I don't know. just, (laughs) yeah. There are a couple. So like you learn, like over the years, guys, like if there's a player and you're like, I wonder why that player never talks to media. There's a reason. One of my favorites still is when Bowser showed up and did an interview shirtless and then we didn't see him again for four months. <laughs> um, who got suspended? No, wait, that's not public. Never mind. <laughs> there was a player um, in, I, can I say this? I'm just going to say it. There's a play. There was a player in 2017. I feel like this is out there. Fans probably know this, who made some not super great comments about the opposing team. Uh in this was in 2017 and then was quote unquote injured for that game (laughs) and then he never spoke to the media again for the rest of his time that you see but anyway oh man yeah i hope that that wasn't like i didn't say the player was it doesn't matter but uh no anyway yeah i mean like so for the for the not for the running backs we did that for the wide receivers (laughs) like my thing about jalen is i'm actually kind of bummed if he's not healthy because the thing that's weird to me about jalen is when he was last like fully healthy he was unquestionably their best wide receiver yeah and then he got hurt and even now in spring i guess it makes sense if he's not fully healthy but all indications are that ryan o'keefe has been the number one guy which i just don't really get how that happened and no no disrespect to ryan o'keefe i just find it interesting i feel like it's probably i don't know it's it's probably the fact that jalen was still kind of working his way back from his injury toward the end of the season when he did play and in in his time out, like Ryan O'Keefe was there developing a rapport with Mikey Keene was, you know, he was he had to be the number one guy last year. Yeah. And he grew into that and was very good at it. I mean, so he was the that's... number one guy, not just as receiver, like he was the number one player for UCF. Oh, he was. I mean, he did everything for them. They literally asked I mean, him to do everything and he did. Look at the Florida game. The offense ran through him, basically. Yeah. I mean, I he mean, won them that game. I feel like that's fair to say. Bowser played a huge role too, but I mean, O'Keefe, O'Keefe was just had there. some good runs too, but yeah, it was, it was really just, it was O'Keefe the being the playmaker guy. There were so many moments last season where the offense stalls because you've got a true freshman quarterback and half your team's injured. And it's like, how are we going to break out of this? And Gus just said, screw it. Let's get the ball to O'Keefe. And that broke them out of the rut. I mean, that happened like five or six times throughout fall. I mean, he's just yeah. dynamic. And I honestly, it's like, I know I've said this before, but like the way Gus has used O'Keefe, I'm just like, man, why couldn't Gus have been the coach when like Otis was here <laughs> and some of those guys were here? Because my God, he just finds the yeah. most creative ways to use players. I don't think anyone ever guessed that we'd use Ryan O'Keefe for those little end around plays. And that was the most like, dynamic thing you see have had on its entire offense last year yeah but so a wide receiver it's like you have the top two and ryan o'keefe and Jalen robinson but like 
after that, it seems like the third spot's going to go to either Kobe Hudson or Jalen Griffin. But let me ask you, like, I guess put it this way, which wide receiver not named Jalen Robinson or Ryan O'Keefe are you, like, most excited to watch on Saturday? Jordan Johnson. Are you mocking me? Yes. No, I, yeah, I don't even know if he'll see the field. Well, I'm sure he will. It's a spring game. But uh, yeah, if, he does, if he doesn't, then um, call You know, it's least. such a top-heavy group. I'm honestly, like, I don't know if there's anyone out of that immediate group that I'm, like, really interested to see is there for you. If Quan was here, it would be Quan, obviously. Yeah, I've got an answer. <laughs> okay. Um, mine's Joey Gatewood. I completely forgot about that. Yes, I'm I am very, absolutely I'm, I'm, interested in seeing Joey. I'm interested to see how that goes. And if he... If he looks, I mean, I, I think this, someone brought this up and I didn't realize this at the time, but I guess someone said that he played some wide receiver. He basically was like the just. He the played all over the place in high school. Yeah. In high school where he was just playing all over. Yeah. He was just all over the field. So it's not like he's coming in fresh. He's always been a quarterback and now he's a wide receiver. So I'm curious to see if that helps him and if he catches on quicker and actually plays a role. Cause I know, was it. Did they try to throw? They've had Quadri warming up with the wide receivers a couple times last year, but like he never figured in to anything. I don't think he ever saw the field as a receiver. Yeah, they just so I, I don't was, totally. I, I think that I think that was literally just so like he had something to do at practice, as awful as that sounds. Yeah, so I feel like with Joey Gatewood, it seems like it's more of a possibility that he'll actually contribute out of that role. And I'm curious to see if I mean we don't know, but I'm curious to see how that how it goes on on Saturday. All right, answer the question right now. Will Joey Gatewood catch a pass on Saturday? Yes, on Saturday. No? Oh, yeah. 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 You think he will? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were you, going to say, will he catch a touchdown? You seem like this year. super confident in Joey Gatewood as a receiver. Well, I, just thought, I thought, look at, okay, look at his body type and look at, I mean, they say he has good hands. He's athletic. I mean, I think, I think he's, he's slow. I don't think he's slow. He was not fast last year. But he's also, he's also like a, he's a big, like, he's a tall guy. He's a sizable guy. I don't know. I, th- I mean, because I was very confident. I thought what you were going to ask me is he going to catch a pass or catch a touchdown or something like that, like in the actual season. No, I'm, I'm setting the bar. At just will he catch a pass on Saturday? Yeah. And if he doesn't, okay. I mean, I would I would be surprised, which I don't know why I'm so I guess I don't know. Just I know. I'm just, I just I forgot this was even a thing. Know. And you're like, I believe in Joey Gable. <laughs> Everything I just mentioned, like it just seems like if he's going to start to show, you know, the work that he's put in at receiver. I mean, it's a spring game. All right, I have should a target him in the spring game. I have a season prediction. You're going to hate it because it's intentionally mean. Um, okay. I think that I predict now that Mikey Keene will have more receptions in 2022 than Joey Gatewood. That's absurd. That's... <laughs> Mark it down. Mark it down. I'm Because I think, I think especially if JRP out there, Mikey's good for at least like two or three of those trick plays this year, like the one they ran with Dylan and tried with Mikey once and it didn't work. So, and I just don't see Joey seeing the field. So. I'd rather them not try. unless <laughs> unless they can they can guarantee that Mikey's going to get like it was Dylan was pretty open on that play right against Louisville he was alone like he it was, worked yeah perfectly. so if, if they could if it works then they can guarantee that Mikey's alone I don't want they ran defender. it once with Mikey this year and I think he got hammered I don't remember saying, if it, I don't, I don't remember if it any... as a reception or if it was just like a pitch back but he got hammered I don't want there to be any possibility that Mikey's going to get <laughs> drilled as a receiver by by a defensive back I don't want him near if, if they see that he's like somewhat covered there's someone in the area throw the ball away i don't care my thing is like if you could come up with some sort of formation where jrp and mikey are on the field at the same time and then i don't know like you give the bar to jrp and then he either pitches back or throws back to mikey i feel like the defense would just never in a million years have anyone oh with mikey i mean they'll do it yeah they're gonna try it i think it'd be fun Gus is creative and that he has players that he can be creative with. Gus so. is creative and has like nine quarterbacks sprinkled among four positions. Right. So I mean, he's they'll, gonna they'll try line, they'll line Joey Gatewood up at receiver, throw him a screen pass, and he'll he'll do the quadri play from what was that 2018? Yeah, the issue is Joey Gatewood almost threw a, a pick at the goal line. So like I don't trust him to like throw the ball ever. <laughs> like I well, see with JRP there. If you're if you're in that kind of situation where you're gonna run that play, you're probably needing a spark or you need something, and maybe it's Maybe things like if, if you're going to run that play and you throw a screen, I don't know if he, especially if he's playing wide receiver, maybe that's his position now. Some teams, yeah, they'll know he's a former quarterback, but I don't know if they'll always be like, oh, you got to watch out for the wide receiver pass. So I don't know. Like when, when you run that kind I don't of play, think that, usually I mean, you're going to get a wide receiver pretty open if they run a double pass. I don't think other teams get that in depth. Like, like, I don't like, you I don't, don't think like, so? no, I don't think like for someone who was like very recently a quarterback, sure. Like, but, like, for someone, like, I don't know. Like, I just don't buy it. Like, the idea, like, if we put R.J. Harvey out there, the defender who's matching him no, up is like, oh, hold on a minute. He was a quarterback in high school. Like, I No, just, I don't not R.J. But, I mean, this past year, actually this past, like, a couple weeks ago, Joey Gatewood was still a quarterback. 
I mean, look at it as an opposing team, you're not going to actually drill for something that's that unlikely. So I feel like the most that would happen would be like, hey, if you see number seven out there, remember that he was a quarterback last year. And then you have to rely on in the moment the defender to have retained that information and see which is why I think a quarterback, which is why I think they can run it and it could work because usually it's not like he's going to have to make that great. He just has to get the ball to the receiver. The receiver's most likely. Well, when those plays work, it's like you really just have to loft the ball up there, right? Because if it works, the receiver's alone because no one picked them up. Yeah, and that's the reason I'm saying that is because you're like, I don't trust him to throw the ball. Mike, if he can't just get the ball to the receiver who's wide open, I'm going to be very... I don't know. I feel like he'd hold on to it two seconds too long and somehow get like drilled. Like, I don't know. I just... Or, or like try to be a hero and be like, you're wait a minute. At some of these players today, right? <laughs> you're just... I, I, could you not see though? Like, just let me, let me hit you with this situation, right? Joey lines up with wide receiver ball ends up in his hands. We've got O'Keefe alone downfield, but Joey looks and says the field wide's open, the field's wide open in front of me and just darts for it. And then it ends up getting tackled with like, for like a seven yard gain as O'Keefe <laughs> was open, like right in front of the end zone. Could you not see that exact situation? happen? I could see not because it's Joey Gatewood, but because that could happen with any player. Yes. All right, I'm just going to go like full. I'm just getting even more mean. What did we see from Joey Gatewood last year where he should ever be on the field again? I, like, I'm just asking. Like, I don't know why we have this obsession with all, we have to find a way to use Joey Gatewood. Is it because he was a four-star? Like, I, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I constantly forget that he was a four-star, so that's not it for me. I just think okay. he's he's big and he's athletic and they could probably find a way to use him creatively. Like, they got, It's can a find division a one college football team. They have plenty of big and athletic players. All right, well, we'll see. We'll see. Want to talk about offensive linemen? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Speaking of big and athletic players, um, I'm getting a scam phone call. That's cool. Um, so Love what's those. interesting about the offensive line is like, I think there was a point in the offseason where we were like a little concerned about what it was going to look like, but then Sam Jackson came back and then they brought in two transfers and like, I'm less concerned now. And I'm actually looking at like, they seem to have a good, be- good deal of depth. Between like, Jackson back and Swoboda coming in, I'm not worried at all, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine and I don't know if I haven't really been reading any practice reports or anything like that, but I imagine Svoboda is going to be a starter. I'm so sure you've got, yeah. so you've got Matt Lee, Sam Jackson, Lokahi Paule and Ryan Svoboda. Right. And then you have Tylen Grable, Ed Collins, Adrian Medley, a bunch of other guys that have seen the field. And, you know, I think are, you know, would be a pretty solid depth. I feel like I, so saw, I, feel, I feel like I saw somewhere that Medley's going to start. I might've made that okay. up. Okay. Not yeah, for like I, mean, the I don't know what game, but just like, are, but yeah, as far as depth. It seems like they have guys that have, have seen the field and they also have Paul Rubel, who's massive. And is he ever going to see the field? Cause he's a very big lad. I don't know. It's weird to me that he hasn't seen the field, especially with how big he is. Like, I don't know. Like, like, I mean, how much I know, I know that O-line is like a lot of that as technique, but at the same time, like the dude's six ten, just put him out there. Like who's going <laughs> who's gonna to get past him. You <laughs> just know? Have him lay down. <laughs> oh yeah. It's I mean, like, it's like, cool. we're going to run our brick wall play where he doesn't move, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> He just runs forward and someone runs behind him and no one can get around him. Two other players are going to carry him like a fence post in front of Mikey. <laughs> That's talking about getting creative. I mean, they could do it. Pretty sure. They're, the refs would throw a flag and Gus would be like, How, that's, how's that illegal? And they'd be like, we don't know, but it is. Yeah, you just can't do that. You, can't you just carry, can't do that. You can't, you can't carry, carry a 6'10 your own man. Are you, can you know. carry your own players in a football game? Is there a rule well, against that? The, There's got to the, be, right? I don't know. I mean, you can you can push them. You can push the pile forward. You can push them, but like if you had your quarterback like hop on your O lineman's back like a piggyback ride, and the O lineman tries to charge him to the end zone. Like, I why not? There's a What's rule the rule? That. I want to know. The rule. That's the thing is that like it's like uh, there has to be a rule against it, but I don't know if there is. There might not be. They should test it. Because if you got Mikey on Rubelt's back, no one can even reach him. Like he could just hold the ball at arm's reach, and Rubelt would just like, how, march down how the fast, field. How fast is Rubelt moving down the field though? Like someone's going to have to like fast. dive at his legs, and especially like, he's, especially as he's carrying a quarterback. Probably yeah. He'll die. Someone will dive at his legs, and he'll drop Mikey, and Mikey will get hurt. And that's how. This, <laughs> this is the through. stupidest conversation we've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> like this. Is, I, like, I don't far think in it away. is. It has I don't to be. think it is. I don't think we've topped the strategy of what if Rubelt gave Mikey a piggyback right to the end zone i don't think anything we've ever said we've that. we've definitely had worse on this podcast but oh, you want to move over to the defense before we talk about more <laughs> insane ways to get the quarterback in the end zone yeah let's do it Wh- which defensive player which d lineman is <laughs> going to get put at wildcat for this game like they did with khalil last year ricky barber ricky barber um, okay i don't know uh that's it's funny because the defensive line i was looking at the roster with that too and just like there's not a lot of guys that like i really need to see anything from like Lee ricky Hunter. barber yeah, like so. Here's here's the guys like Ricky. Like we, we kind of just know what UCF has in these guys: Ricky Barber, Josh Salascar, Anthony Montalvo, 
Landon Woodson to an extent and Keenan Hester. Keenan Hester stepping in for Kalia last year was like admirably like that came good. out of nowhere. Yeah, very good. Um, and so I kind of look at Lee Hunter and Katie McDaniel as two newcomers. And then Malachi Lawrence, I saw he was like Gus had said at the beginning of the spring he was limited. So I don't know what, you know, if we'll see anything of him or, or not. I don't know. But Lee Hunter and Katie McDaniel, I'm curious to see what Katie McDaniel in particular looks like just because we've seen him listed as both what an edge, like an edge rusher linebacker slash. I think he's yeah. a defensive lineman on the roster, which there's a gray the area roster. there. So, but yeah, I mean, one that's interesting to me is, I mean, the thing with Lee Hunter is like, as, as far as stars are concerned, like highly rated, like D lineman, that's one of the highest hit rate positions you get in recruiting. Cause it's just a much easier thing to evaluate. And there's a lot less room for like, you know, like a quarterback where you might just not play. So like, Lee Hunter was a really highly rated recruit and last year he just didn't see the field because he basically got redshirted and that's what yeah, it was just an Auburn. opportunity right like is there a chance that he comes in and it's just really good I know he's all, I know this is basically his freshman season but I don't yes. know I think there is so he's he's gonna be one to watch for me um I believe it was Seliscar who allowed JRP's huge touchdown run by missing the tackle um so I'd like to see him not do that again and I'm not calling out Seliscar I'm just really annoyed because then all the JRP like supporters were like <laughs> look at that right? run yeah I think that's yeah they ignored the fact that JRP threw two picks in that scrimmage and just lasered on the touchdown run so <laughs> wait till we cool. get to my predictions oh um, god okay it'll be fun um yeah so defensive line there's not like a ton to talk about here I don't think there's just a few like it's, it's a lot of it boils down to like the newcomers especially on defense but like one of the things you mentioned to me in, in terms of what we can talk about with the defense is who's going to play a linebacker. Like who's going to actually be on have, the field during names. this game? Okay. I, I wrote down names. So we were, you know, to preface this, obviously Jason Johnson, the transfer, I guess he's not on the roster yet, so he's not here. Um, and then Terrence Lewis is still limited and working his way back from the ACL injury. So there's Jeremiah Jean Baptiste, who's you know going to be one of the starters in the fall. So how much do you want? I mean, but I have to play him more because we don't have a lot of bodies. I, assume. I think Jeremiah Jean Baptiste is the one current linebacker that we can rely on to have a good season, which is kind of scary <laughs> when you frame it that way. Yeah. Cause then you look, I got, what is it? Four other names here. Um, one of them is Quaid Mosier who saw the field, I think just in, in, in terms of depth, there's Derek Burns and then two guys who spent most of last year on the scout team, which is Kadeem Leonard and Cole Joyce. So, I mean, the, the good thing is we'll know a little bit more about these guys after Saturday because they're going to have to play. I mean, right. You were going to have to see them. There has to be yeah. someone out there at linebacker. We'll have to know. So unless they just run, unless T-Will's like, all right, let's try out some no linebacker <laughs> schemes here. Yeah, just I'm sure load, that's what he'll do. Load the front with seven and then have your, have your DBs back there. I don't so know. without it's, knowing anything about UCF's current scholarship situation beyond, I'm pretty sure they still have room. Why do, like go get another linebacker. You know, I imagine they will after, the, okay. after, after the spring. So there was this story in the athletic about this UAB linebacker who was an all conference USA player for two years. Oh yeah. And he currently doesn't have a home because he got in the portal for UAB and a was fo- like a football home. A football home. He has a home. I he has he a has real a home. home. I never imagined that was a clarification I would need to make, but just to be clear, I'm discussing, he doesn't have a football. home. He doesn't right. currently have a school. And he was focused on he belongs to the power five common thing players believe Gus Malzahn ran into that in recruiting before UCF got in the big 12 that they would they would have players they would have highly rated players tell them I think you're an amazing coaching staff I love this campus I love this team but I'm a power five player which is just so stupid but that was the thing that they were running into like that's an actual thing that was happening so anyway he thinks he's getting on with Louisville and then he so he just ignores everyone else who reached out to him and then Louisville turns out they're like oh he's your spot on someone else and suddenly all his other offers are gone it was all the g5 ones he blew off but one of them he mentioned was UCF and he contacted UCF and UCF said, no, no, we filled your spot. And I'm like, did we, did we ask before or after Jason Johnson? It was before Jason Johnson. So presumably that spot went to Jason Johnson. But again, if you have the scholarship spot, I don't think getting another linebacker would be a bad thing. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't, I wonder if it's like, I don't know. I don't know what goes into all of that. I wonder if it's like, part of it is like on principle, like don't use this as a backup. Like this is what you get. I mean, I he sounded really thing. upset in the athletic. Like he was like, I made a mistake and I recognized that yeah. I was being foolish. It's like, he didn't come across as some like arrogant guy. Right. Which is, I, I don't know if, if anything, anything like that, like it would feel kind of petty to do that and be like, Oh no, sorry. You didn't want which to the, listen. There could be something else entirely. They could have pulled up his tape and been like, we don't think he's good. I mean, you, yeah. you just don't know, but I don't know. I'm just like, Hey, there's still linebackers out there. There's going to be more after spring ball. I, I, I would strongly prefer you. So you have to get another one or two or three. <laughs> we don't have that many spots but yeah 
that seems like the one glaring need still to address. And as the thing is, we've talked about it, I don't know how many times now, after spring ball is when there should be another little wave of transfers here and there. Yep. Um, I don't It'll be interesting as... to see what they choose to do. Because obviously, like when you talk to these like coaches in these pressers, you know, if you're like, you know, Coach D will, um, what position is a problem? He's not going to be like, well, we yeah. really, we really don't like any of our linebackers. <laughs> like, so <laughs> we'll see. We're we're gonna act, we're, like we'll be able to learn what UCF's true evaluation of the team up the team was based on who they go after in the portal <laughs> after yeah. spring ball. Yeah, and it seems like it. I don't know. It's probably more of a college football thing than just a UCF thing. But it seems like UCF tends to bring in, like, a, not I wouldn't say every year it's a high impact guy, but like they they seem to always add a guy. It couldn't be even late. Like, and I don't know, wasn't Mike Hughes really late? Mike Hughes showed like, up to campus, I believe, two or three weeks before the first game. Right. And I just, I don't know. I can, maybe that's the only example I'm thinking of. But I feel like they just tend to seem they, – they add guys that can end up being impact guys. And was Bryson Armstrong later or no? Was he, no, he was in spring. No, he was in the spring. Okay. Um, but well, they had – I mean, thinking. they add guy. I, I'm, I, yeah. There was someone last year. But it's actually interesting because we know that UCF's been a really good transfer destination school, since, especially since Gus got here and. Chris Vanini did a, at the athletic did a group of five mailbag and he said, and I didn't even put this together. UCF has the number one transfer class in the group of five for this year. I mean, I didn't, I don't think I knew that, but it sounds, I mean, that doesn't really surprise yeah. me. And nationally it's 17th, which I did know, but I just, one thing yeah, I'm interested I didn't about know that. That's actually, oh, I did not mention that. Yeah, no, I know there. And it was, and last year, obviously they didn't, this is the first year of two, four, seven doing transfer rankings, but it would have been very high last year too. One thing I'm interested on is that has definitely been buoyed by Gus like lifeboating a lot of Auburn players to UCF. And yeah, that pool is probably going to be dried up next year. So I'll be curious how that, but honestly, it, like UCF already had a reputation as a transfer place. Cause what last NFL draft, five guys got drafted. I believe four of them were transfers. Yeah. And there's just a ton of guys who are from central Florida, from Florida want to come home. So that's exciting. So I, they'll, if they need someone, they'll find someone. That's the cool thing about being UCF. Like there's a lot of schools out there that, you know, I'm trying to think of a school. Like if you're Tulane and you're like, oh man, we really just need, we're like one safety away from like having a really solid defense. And you're like, hey, any safeties want to come? They're like, no. Not so really. like <laughs> luckily UCF actually has a market. So that, that makes me feel yeah. better about whatever the issues end up being. That'll be nice. And finally wrapping up the defense, there's it's kind of like defensive line. There's not a ton to dive into with the defensive backs. Cause I think with a lot of these guys, UCF's like, we've seen them. We know like we'll probably see some more of like their development, like some of the younger guys. Um, but the two of the newcomers that we'll get to see is Kobe Perry and Nakai Martinez. Very excited I think Nakai, for both of them. Like, yeah, very, both of them for sure. Nakai, I think for me especially, just because it's like a future thing. I mean, I think hey, he can make an impact this year, but what? I need to break some news. Okay. Um, this just happened. So Brandon Jennings, who was the other Maryland linebacker who was a super highly rated recruit who transferred out the same time uh, Terrence yeah. Lewis did, transferred to Kansas State. He is now back in the portal. Okay, well then go get him. Go get him, UCF. Without knowing any circumstances as to why he's entered the portal for the second time in two months, I would like him on our team, please. He got to Kansas and was like, what What? What am I doing here? He was like, hold on. When you said Manhattan, this was not what I had in mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean. So sorry, I didn't interrupt you with that. I'm really excited for Kobe Perry because I don't know why I've just in my head decided Kobe Perry is going to be one of their best players on defense. I, I don't know why uh, I feel that way. I, I don't do. really disagree. And I don't really know why either. I just, I don't know. I think we've heard good things about him so far, haven't yeah. we? I mean very quickly and we've I heard just, good things about nakai martinez too that's that's the thing is i haven't i don't know if i've talked to you about it or like i haven't really read it as much i haven't really heard anything about nakai this spring so i believe nakai was you're you're more dialed in and you read more. so than I, I think he was banged up for part of the spring i hope i'm not yeah. misremembering that but when he's played he's looked very good apparently because he was dealing with an injury he came back from an injury at the end of last yeah. high, this was uh, something different injury. whatever he had okay. now is like it was just like a, it was, he was just banged up that wasn't like some serious okay. thing from my understanding but no apparently he's lit, like when he's been able to play he has looked really good now he's still a true freshman so how much of that translates to the field this year we'll see but he's definitely a high upside guy he was really, I mean, that was the whole thing, like UCF in this past recruiting class, they wanted to stack up guys who they felt like could get on the field right away. And he was one of those guys. Quan Lee was another one. Jordan McDonald was not. I know people are really excited for Jordan McDonald. I don't think he's going to be a factor this year, but we'll have to, we'll see. But, you know, either way. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. how I took a conversation about the secondaries and brought up Jordan McDonald. But here we are. <laughs> well, okay, no, it's a good, it's a good tie-in because, well, for one, I, I don't know, we, don't really have to talk about like i'm curious what they'll do in terms of the kicking situation like what we'll see yeah i don't think I we need too. to focus on that too much but probably not my one of my predictions definitely doesn't have anything to do with that so 
Okay, well, we'll get to that then. Well, so it's, it's good that you brought <laughs> We'll get Jordan to it in my prediction. We, we don't have okay. to do it. We don't have to do it. No, it's, it's good okay. that you brought up Jordan McDonald because it was a question that I forgot to ask with the offense. And I guess they can apply to both sides of the ball, but it just seems like it's always an offensive guy. But, like, it seems like there's always a guy coming out of the spring game that everyone's talking about. You know, Greg McRae did it, I think it was in 2018. And then last year, R.J. Harvey. I don't remember who it was in 2019, honestly. But R.J. Harvey was the guy last year. And I'm just curious about who that guy could be this year. I mean, it could be anyone. Because I don't think anyone, like, went into last spring game be like, oh, yeah, R.J. Harvey's going to run. Can it be? He run for, like, 200 yards. Yeah, he, he had, like, four touchdowns or something. Right? <laughs> Can it be Colton Boomer? Sure. I mean, depending on what we see. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. I'm trying Why to think. Why not? Um, all right. I'm going like to uh, right. impression. I'm going to say who, who I think it's going to be. My real answer. Okay. I think it, mm, this is going to age so badly. Damn it. I don't even want to say it. You have to give an answer, too. So we're both on the line. I think it's going to be MAR. Okay. I think it's going to be MAR because I don't think Bowser's going to play much. I don't think Johnny's going to play much more than him. So I think MAR is going to have a good spotlight to potentially have a really good game. And it sounds I'm, like he's been improving a lot. So I'm tempted to not take this seriously. Um, oh, God. But <laughs> Gus no, Malzahn, you know his play I'm calling gonna... will put him number one. <laughs> He'll look great on Saturday. <laughs> um, give me Trillian Coles. You were I'll get, down okay. on him. Go for I'll it. I'll take Trillian Coles. Have fun. Thank you. You're I almost welcome. said Joey Gatewood, but that seems like a <laughs> I, that, That's where I thought you were going to go when you were like, oh, do I want to take you seriously? I'm like, he's going to say Gatewood. No, I'll take, I'll take Trillian Coles because I, I really could see him being in that. Because we've seen him and we've seen him on the field. Like he's had his moments, I think. He was in, all, always in garbage time, obviously, but he feels like he could be a guy that just breaks off a couple runs and is as the guy coming out of spring game, we're like, Oh wow. Trillion Coles. But then maybe we get back to the, we get back by the fall. We're kind of just like, ah, I mean, yeah, he's still probably the fourth or fifth running back on the roster, but I mean, what's his like ceiling on the running back depth chart. He's not going to be ahead of Bowser Richardson. Probably what we've seen of him. And he's probably not going to be ahead of RJ Harvey once he's healthy. So I feel like his ceiling is fifth. Yeah. I mean, we'll see him play at the end of SC state and, you know, here and there, but that's it. I don't know. Yeah. It's always tough for some of these guys. It's just like, you, there's so many running, running backs in the roster is bound to be guys that are well, left. It feels like that's been a thing at UCF for like eight years now. Like they just yeah. always have way too many running backs. And honestly, I'm kind of amazed that hasn't like fixed itself in the portal. Like it's a really good problem to have, but it's just like these guys just Who stay. was it that left? It was Demarius Good that left. Demarius Good recently, left, right? yeah. Yeah. And I think and he, he ended, ended up, up at Incarnate, uh, Word. Incarnate Word with, uh, what's his face? Guinea. Yeah, Kenny. I was like, wait, you said what's his name? I was like, wait, yeah, what was his name? Chip Lindsay. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, so I guess that kind of wraps up that. And do you want to get no oh, wait? Do you want to talk about predictions first? Do you want to jump into uniforms? Hey, let's do uniforms first. Why not? All right. Let's talk uniforms. All right. What are they gonna do? I don't know. This is the, wearing, this is are, are they wearing old? I mean, I'm assuming they would have to wear they wear will they wear old uniforms or they would just wear like what they well, wear if they're wearing the new ones, that would be a surprise. Well, no, um, I'm just saying will they will they do that? Will they what wear what they wear for practice? Man, I can't say that a lot. They always wear an actual uniform. If they wear what they wear for that's practice, I'd be really upset. Um, that's what I thought. So I'm like, I guess they'll wear but like what what are they gonna do combo wise? Well, this is like, presumably the last time we are ever going to see the 2016 to 21 era UCF uniforms on a football field. Right. And if you want to know which of those are the best, you can go to nightsportsnow.com and read Christian's rankings beautiful plug um yeah you guys should go to nightsportsnow.com because i wrote 6400 words ranking all 62 unique looks that ucf wore from 2016 to 2021 it is one of my favorite things i've ever written because there's nothing that's more fun to me than just grading ucf uniforms i think so i can say this check it out i think i can say this as your friend but you're an insane person <laughs> like if, if people don't know like if people don't know you or like don't know like your obsession with uniforms and they just came across that article they're like who is this guy like what is he doing i was up very late last night working on that i um yeah i think i went to I was, it was very like, i enjoyed i enjoyed reading it but i'm just I was reading it. i'm like this is so christian what was the line i, I posted on twitter because it was like the beginning it was like if you disagree i don't care if you disagree because you're wrong or something like that and I was like, yeah it was just... something like that which it was true well i was already because there were true. point there were certain decisions i was making where i was like people are gonna have a problem with this and sure enough a couple people have tweeted me one person basically called me an idiot but you know like <laughs> listen guys good. I'm sorry, but you are wrong. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. You guys should check it out. Let me know what you think of my rankings. But again, if you don't agree with them, it doesn't matter because I'm the expert and you are not. <laughs> but yeah, so more than just like, is this the last thing? Like, this could be the last time we'll see the that era of uniforms. Like what would they do combo wise? But like last year, obviously they made like national headlines with letting the players put their social handles on the back of their That made every 60 year old up on Twitter very angry. Yeah, which was great. Yeah. um 
I just, is there anything like, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I don't know if they'll do that again, if that's like old hat at this point, but it's still, I mean, I imagine there's going to be some players that weren't here that would like, like would enjoy that. So like, can I give a prediction that, that I don't think can like logistically happen, but I'm just going to go ahead and set the bar really high. So whatever they do do is a disappointment. Yeah. All right. Dueling space uniforms. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think, is that even possible? No. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't think... I don't think so, because they would have needed to reorder a whole batch of two different space uniforms, and I... It would have been I, so cool. That would have been... Yeah, that would be so much money for a spring game, but that... There you go. There's my official prediction that it's setting space the bar too high game. and won't happen. Dueling space uniforms in the spring game. You know what I really want to see? And I don't know if they'll do it. I'm, I'm actually... This is, this is going to sound dumb. This is going to sound like you, but it's like... That's one of the things I'm actually the most curious about going into the game. Like, what are they going to come out... Like, are they going to... They should go with, like some of the classic looks from like the last five years. Well, I'm mad for do the you like, ah, they probably won't do that. I said, they could do one of them. One of the teams could do the peach bowl look and the other team could do like the college game day. Look. Yeah. If only we, gold, yeah. And, and if we'd seen but, gold helmets at any point in the last. Hey, it's plus. been four months since the end of the season. Maybe they got more. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm, but, all right. I, I'm willing to bet that everyone's just going to be in white helmets. I think they're probably just going to be in their practice helmets, but yeah. But hey, but yeah, we'll I see. Mean, we know. I think they're going to do something because they mentioned it in their spring game release. They're like, "Who knows what we'll do this year?" Oh, they so, did, didn't they? So there'll be something weird, I think. But what if they just don't? What if they, they just that? don't. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, we changed our minds." Yeah. All right. Well, that'll be interesting. That's one thing to keep an eye on, maybe more so than the quarterback battle. But let's get into our predictions that are surely going to come true. Let's do it. You, you want to start? Okay, you go I'll first. Go first. Um, so this is one that you mentioned. I think you've actually we've hinted at all of mine so far. And this isn't like an outlandish one because it would appear that the game is more tailored to his skill set. And I think that Mikey Keene is going to outperform the other quarterbacks. My first and, prediction word for word is Mikey Keene will outshine the other quarterback. <laughs> okay. I figured when I was making that prediction, I was like, we're going to, we're going to have the same prediction there. But yeah, I mean, like we talked about earlier, just like in, in a spring game where they're not, you know, most likely quarterbacks aren't going to be live. Those quarterbacks aren't going to be live. He's there, you know, it's going to be more about, the passing game and what the quarterbacks look like through the air. And he's by far the strongest as we, as far as we know. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a straightforward one. Yeah, For me, it's not even a Mikey Keen is the better quarterback. It's literally just, it's a spring game and the most accurate quarterback is going to probably kind of looking the best. So that's my, you know, we'll stick with that, which then of course, when JRP like looks better, I'll just be in shambles. So that'll be a fun one, but. <laughs> All right. So you want me to go since you basically. We yeah, I guess, I guess one. you go again. Then. All right. I'll go with, I'll go again here. And it's that uh, JRP will make at least one big play that people will cling to for the next four months as an example of why he should be the quarterback in 2022. Mo, mo, it's okay. more so that he's going to make a big play and you know, people are going to be like, Oh, see, I, mean, I don't know. JRP. All right, it's going to be harder for him to do that if he's not live. But Can we jump we'll to my third prediction then? I guess this is, well, we'll just call it my second. I don't know why I had to let you know I put this yeah. one through. JRP will throw multiple picks. <laughs> okay, well, then then it'll it would go perfectly hand in hand like how <laughs> this whole offseason is going, where everybody will forget the two picks and be like, okay, but he did this. Remember this? Which listen, like I, our two predictions can both be true at the same time. Like he can throw yeah. two picks, but he'll also have looked really good for two plays, and everyone will be like, wow, he's the guy. And it's so I'm yeah, can't wait. Yeah. All right, I'm glad we both went similar, like <laughs> with similar players in the first. I think we're gonna. So we're gonna I don't think we're gonna match on the third one, but we'll see. Okay, well, my third one, my third and final one. A player is gonna get an interception this game. Which player? And it might be someone who's do it on the it. younger side. You know, on the younger <laughs> side of things. If it's not Brandon Adams, I'm leaving this call. And he's so. looked. He's looked. You know, he looked good last year. He's you know reportedly looked good so far in spring. Um, he and I share initials and his name starts with a B that's what we share initials it's uh it starts with a B and it ends with a Brandon Brandon Adams so he's gonna get share, why wouldn't you say you share a last name oh we do share a last name <laughs> well because are you kidding me <laughs> I don't know I don't I don't know yeah Brandon Adams interception I can't wait. It's going to be, I'm going to scream. I'm going to be like sitting by myself and I'm going to scream. I tore this thing off my laptop and it looks like the Batman logo, doesn't it? Kind of does. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt the podcast for this. I don't know. I tore a piece of like leather. Well, I was wondering if you were going to reference it because you like just started holding it up and you're like, had, like it, it just like, it tore look and face. it looks like the Batman logo on his chest. Like it's got the little, you're, like, you're going to have to post a picture of it. On and, yeah. I'll Twitter post a now. photo of it when we post the podcast. I don't know. That's so cool. 
Anyway. Um, <laughs> Give me your third prediction. We need to get out of here. My third prediction is that that kind of goes in the handling of that is that the secondary will come away looking the most impressive part of the defense. I like it. So, Brandon Adams will lead the way. Uh, there you go. There you go. And my reasoning for that is that for some reason, I'm starting to feel good about the secondary and I don't know why, because that's burned me a lot in the past, but I am, I have a hard time thinking it'll be the linebackers and uh, <laughs> you know, so, and I'm just, and honestly, it could be the D lineman, but I'm going to get Brandon flip. Jennings. It could be the linebackers. Exactly. That's that'll be, by the time you're listening to this, I'm sure he will have committed to UCF to reunite with his best friend, Terrence Lewis. And of course <laughs> I may be stretching from former teammate to best friend, but best friend, you know, Hey, who knows? You don't know that he's not. Full disclosure. So. Full disclosure. Brandon Adams and I are not related. I'm like I'm not like pumping like pumping him up because we're related or anything. I just I love I that you think you have to clarify that that someone would come away from this podcast and think, "Wow, Bailey and Brandon must be related." Well, because we have the same last name. Yeah, and it's it such out. a rare last name. Like what a coincidence, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, I, both, I don't. Know. You know, we're both in the state of Florida. So. Okay, we're just, let's just let's get. Could here. be, <laughs> could be. Yeah, it's funny because we're like on our way out of here. We, usually, this is when we do the football news. There just really isn't a lot to talk about football news wise. UCF hired uh, Kirby O'Meara as its new director of player personnel after the departure of Dave Schumit last week. Um, so that's that's one piece of news. And then I lumped this in here because it's worth mentioning. Uh, UCF had its day of giving last week, and they raised. I mean, I don't know what the final number was. I think this was around the final number, three point seven million dollars with 1,212 donors for athletics giving 1.3 million, which it just, it worked out that way with the 12-12 and like the big 12 thing. And like, I saw somebody, and I think it was somebody uh, working in athletics was like, I love how people think like we planned it this way. I wish we could have planned it this way. It's really just night. They're lying. Being night nation. They're you think lying. They, you think so? I, I do. I'm that sorry. doesn't surprise me that you it. think that. It just like I don't know. Thing that you would be like, that's nope, no, no. Well, okay, I, it's a couple reasons. One, I didn't think it was that cool to begin with. Like, even if it did randomly happen, it's not that interesting to me. It's like twelve, twelve. It's whatever. I don't know. It's more and just then, like oh, huh. 12, and exactly, 12. and they were making it like a big thing. And I'm just kind of like, you guys did this. It was probably like, because here's exactly what happened. It was probably like 12:09, and someone was like, "Wow, that's really close to 12:12." And Terry was like, "I'm calling my daughters and making them donate." And then they got it to 12:12. Like that. That's my, you know, that's my take on that. You know, but I'm also did, an incredibly pessimistic person. That's so. true. So even if they did do that, who cares? It's you know, cool, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get mad. At them they raised for, a lot of freaking money. Terry Mohajer being happy. They raised more than 10% of what they made in all of 2020 from donor contributions. That's yeah, that's crazy. That's that ridiculous. Like that, like I don't think people are processing how much one point through almost $1.4 million in raw cash is. I mean, that's crazy to think that much. How much does the lazy river cost? <laughs> we gotta um, bring up the lazy river. It, all right, guys. So all right, so here's where we're at now at the lazy river. Terry Mahajas got handed a check for $1.4 million. Where's the laser? That should be, that was the first part of the phase. Why is that not the first thing happening? You tell me. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm actually told. kidding. There's there's probably like 80 more important things right now. Yeah, I was going to question you on that, but I was like, you know what? We don't even need to go more into depth about the. Like there's river. a looming AAC exit fee that may be as high as 40 million, and he's like, the hydrotherapy pods are going to be amazing. <laughs> hey, I mean they are, so we'll yeah, see. Um, game of the week. Let's jump in real quick. Uh, UCF baseball this past weekend lost the first game to Memphis, which was very disappointing. And then they just came out and, you know, wrecked shop on Saturday and Sunday. They won 13 to three in seven innings on Saturday. And then I forgot the final score Sunday's game, but they came out and scored 10 runs in the first inning with a bunch of hijinks going on around there. I don't know what those umpires were on about, but they, they caused this, they caused this situation that got, UCS head coach Greg Lovelady and Memphis's starting pitcher ejected. Like, if they would have just taken the time to like examine this, like the question legality of the bat, if they would have taken the time at first before they made the call and overturned it, they would have just gone and did what they ended up doing and made the right call from the jump. Greg Lovelady and Memphis's pitcher would have stayed around. It's just like they caused this, then they ejected them, and they're like, oh, it actually, no, it is a home run, and then they're still ejected. Also, taking a three-run home run off the board because you thought there might be too much pine tar on the bat would be like taking a touchdown off the board because you didn't like the color of the co- of the quarterback's cleats. Like that, just like that has nothing to do with anything. His cleats are too light. Like I, I just, I was, I'm so bad, but whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, think, they won the uh, lovely. You should have been let back in, and so should I, the Memphis I, pitcher. Like I, the entire I, situation resulted from you know the refs I or the think being wrong. This is completely 100% pure speculation, but so Lovelady had been ejected, and then. It seemed like he gestured something or like, because the pitcher, I think the pitcher was talking to him and it seems like he gestured something similar to like, 
you're getting taken deep anyway. Like they, they had put five runs on the guy already. And then the guy like took a step toward Love Lady. The umpire like aggressively shoved the pitcher and then then threw him out, which was really and that was funny. my favorite part of it because and people were defending it. They were like, "Well, the umpire clearly told him to stop walking, and he kept walking." It's like yeah, near the umpire, and the umpire shoved him away, and then it was like, "You're out of here." Yeah, so it was really which, to be fair, situation, I mean, but I don't think he would have lasted like, much longer in the game anyway. He'd given up five runs with like I don't know how many outs were on the board in the first inning, so he probably well, wouldn't have lasted much did longer. Just as well. Um, <laughs> Listen, Lovelady just shot up my UCF coach rankings for trying to charge the Memphis dugout <laughs> and then apparently taunting their pitcher on his way out of the stadium. That is, again, I don't know for sure if that's what he's like. I just, it looked like he made it. It looked like he hand. did. He looks at the pitcher, says something, makes the gesture, then the pitcher's trying to charge him. Yeah. No, he taunted great. the pitcher so bad that the pitcher got ejected. Like, I just, like, I loved it. I, I just loved it. Um, but also, anyway, I kind of shaded baseball. baseball for losing the first game of that series and they looked great the rest of it so. yeah so UCF baseball is now five and one AAC play they're 20 and 12 overall and the game of the week this week is the series they have against ECU ECU's coming to Orlando uh they're 18 and 15 and four and two in the AAC which is very you know mediocre for them especially yeah. considering they were like top 15 coming into the year maybe top 10 uh so that because of Easter being on Sunday that series will start on Thursday at six then they have Friday a Friday night game at six and then they finish it up Saturday at two um I'm going to be at the game Friday. You're going to the Friday game with me, right? I mean, you invited me and I said yes. So Okay. Well, I just didn't know if that was still a thing. We hadn't talked about it in a little a few days. So yeah. No, All right, I'm excited cool. for it. Yeah. That's first. I mean, first and maybe the only home game I'm be able to make this year. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully it's an enjoyable game and I'm not like, oh, shouldn't have even come, but we'll see. I mean, they're, they're doing well so far in conference play and this is a big series and, you know, we'll see, we'll see what, what happens. And, they have to go on like a pretty significant run here to end the season to like put themselves in at large, you know, an at large situation, regardless of what happens in the conference tournament. But either way, I mean, you want to put yourself in the best position possible and you got 20 wins already. So we'll see. But anyway, we'll jump in. You have a tweet of the week this week. Tweet of the week. Who have you been fighting with this week? I don't think I've been paying attention. Listen, man, I was about to not have one because I haven't gotten in any Twitter fights this week. I've been doing wow. really well. Um, but then someone made fun of my uniform list, so they made oh, a tweet of the week. QB over analyzation task force. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. Quote tweeted my, uh, my uniform rankings and said, I say this with all of the passion I can muster. This list is horrible. Moon helmet <laughs> space game below the 21 space game. He then puts like 14 question marks. I'm not exaggerating. It's like at least 14. Bro, you just posted cringe. So that's you my tweet of the week. You just posted cringe? You just posted cringe. So, and this was where I knew people were going to be upset about is I had the moon helmets. I believe I had it at fifth that game. And I said exactly why. How did he refer to that? How did he refer to that, that uniform? Yeah, the moon helmet. The moon helmet. The moon <laughs> helmet. The helmet is the part everyone loves. The uniform itself is the weakest space uniform overall. I really like the jersey. But yeah, I mean, other than that. The, I know people disagree with me on this. The red on the pants, the black and red USA just comes out of nowhere and kind of messes up the whole uniform for me. And the helmet itself makes it a top five combo all time for UCF. But the space uniform from this past year, the space shuttle team uniform was a more complete uniform. It was a better uniform. I'm sorry. It just was. And if you disagree, again, you're wrong. That's a bad take. You, we, it's the best helmet ever. It's not the best uniform ever. Speaking of quote tweets on your uniform rankings, did you see? Are you looking at CFBs? <laughs> yes. Yeah. What is that? What He's tweeted that at? before. It's Mackenzie Milton reversed with Dylan Gabriel's head put on top. <laughs> if That's you guys want to know what I'm talking about, go to the quote tweets on Night Sports Now of my uniform thing and CFB Knights post posted his Photoshop if he really That's wanted to. That's the most insane thing I've ever seen. Black, black, which it looks like he took that photo from 2016 Tulsa from the helmet in the background because it looks like the chrome decal. <laughs> so yeah so he posted he said i wish we'd seen this helmet and it's mackenzie milton but reversed like the numbers it's like you're looking in a mirror and then dylan gabriel's head in a black helmet is on to be top. fair so he did put the disclaimer he said yes i know it's an awkward photoshop he doesn't have fancy software it's not that hard to not make it that bad <laughs> like i just like i'm sorry also ucf did wear black black white it was the first face combo they just never wore it with chrome gold decals you could just take him that and put chrome gold decals on it other than frank and dylan or whatever the this hell is this is absolutely insane Oh my gosh. Here's right. the real travesty is that UCF, when they unveiled these uniforms back in 2016, the combo they unveiled them with was pewter helmet, black jerseys, black pants, and they never wore it. And I'm still upset about that. I'm sorry. On I'm sorry, UCF. Too. Yeah. On behalf so, of UCF, we apologize. Yeah, it's really tough. <laughs> really, really tough. But yeah, let's, there let's were so There were so many good games that it could have been worn for whatever. It doesn't matter. 
Yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah, there's just another another way for you to you know plug the, the uniform rankings. Go read Christian's uniform rankings. He worked very hard on them. And Actually, really let good. me know what you guys think. Like, if you disagree with me, I want to know where you disagree. Yeah, I mean, he's going to tell you that you're wrong, and he's going to probably silently hate you for it. Maybe he might out loud hate you for it. Well, but. without saying, there were a few that I kind of like was a little hesitant with where I put them. So I'm curious if anyone calls those out, but no one has so far. So we'll see. Well, hit Christian up on Twitter and try to guess which ones he was unsure about. Um, we will be back <laughs> on Saturday after the spring game. We'll have uh, our immediate reactions to the spring game, our overreactions to the spring game, no doubt. But uh, until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Thank you guys so much for being with us, and we will talk to you later this week. Bye, everybody.